What's crackalacking, everybody? My name is Pat. Welcome to the main stand. I'm joined today, as always, by my good friends Mitchell and Josh. Fellas, how the fuck are we doing today? I know Pat's doing good. It's the first intro we ever have had off camera. Nice little, a nice little beer intro we have going on here. Love to see it. Yeah, happy Thursday, guys. It's been a week. Thirsty, thirsty Thursday. Starting to get some personality on the main stand. We would love to see it. <laughs> Yo, I just noticed this, boys. We're all rocking stashes now. Yeah, yeah. I started that trend. Pat, Pat has a nice stash. I mean, come on. Mine's filling in. It takes. Uh, I, I I grow slow. Good weekend of football. Good, good, good Great weekend of weekend. football. Um, Great. so we can we can tuck right into episode eleven. A uh, little bit, a little bit of housekeeping to do. Um, I'm gonna just whip out my dick and talk about the revolution real quick. Thank God. Uh, won the supporters shield. Uh, it's never felt better to support local. And last night, with the one they'll win over the Colorado Rapids, we now are the team with the most points in any single season of MLS history. Massive. Five 73. games to play. We can crush LAFC's record if we win out. I, I, I think they have every ability to do that. These guys are firing on all cylinders. And it's like this – I wish – it was being talked about more. I've seen nah, it's the two, MLS. So I mean, I, no, it no. Is. I just mean locally. I mean, locally as, as new Englanders, just, they don't really get respect in, in the limelight in terms of social media eyes, TV eyes, radio eyes. It's very, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, Hey, they did this thing. And only the really passionate soccer fans or revolution fans are the ones that are interacting with that. There's no, it's not getting blasted on ESPN. It's not getting blasted on Nesson. Like there's no, there's no viewership. There's no eyes on, there's no excitement and it. It sucks. It feels, it feels like, um, I, I guess it, it makes me want more. It makes me want more people to be able to interact with it and be excited about it. I don't know. If they can, if they can bring it home this year, I like to think that's going to change. I think the issue with the revolution and, uh, in new England is the fact that you've got your Boston Red Sox or your Celtics, your Patriots, they play in the same stadium as the mm-hmm. fucking Patriots. Like it's just, just tough, but they win the MLS, all that changes. Um, Things are really good over on the East Coast here for us Revolution fans. Yes. Josh, uh, how's it going over in Minnesota, big man? Well, I say I'm still in Maine, so uh, credit. But Minnesota, it's not going too well, man. Uh, they lost again last night to Vancouver after you know a few good games on the bounce. I just want to – I got a tweet um, from this morning. So their probabilities of making the playoffs last night were 70% before their loss. Now they are down to 43%. Uh, Real Salt Lake beat FC Dallas and went a spot above us. LAFC, I believe, is below us um, just by one point. So we're still – we're a spot out of playoffs now uh, with some ground to make up, and we basically have to win our last two, uh, which I don't see happening, frankly. So doesn't look like we'll make the playoffs, which sucks because we had such a great run in the summer. And, you know, Minnesota do have a few 
great players in Fragapane and Emmanuel Reynoso. And it's just a shame that, you know, MLS can't showcase them uh, here in the playoffs. That's tough, but at least you've got your connection to New England. So you can just root for the Rebs in the playoffs. True, yeah. Uh, last, last update from you, Josh. Uh, how'd you do last week with the betting picks? How, how are the people doing if they followed your advice to a yeah. tease? So through two weeks, I am eight for 15. So we're shooting over 50%. This past week, we went four for seven on picks. Uh, if you put a $100 bet down on all the picks we've made so far, you're up 153 bucks, which isn't too bad. So hopefully we can keep that number going up. Got to follow the line. Uh, yeah. Oh, yo, actually, I have an impromptu update oh, yes. myself oh, no. because, yes. because yes. you guys were ready to hear, I had the best weekend of FPL in my fucking life. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for this? Average for game week nine, 64 points. My point total, 108. I had Captain Sala and I had Mountain the side, baby. Thank I you, do, Liverpool. I do got to say, like, watching – we're going to get into this very shortly here. But watching the Liverpool-United game with Pat was a phenomenal experience because the first time in our friendship and our history of watching soccer games together, <laughs> I heard Pat cheer when Mo Salah scored every Fuck single yeah, time. Fuck yeah, I captained him, dude. It he felt got me so, so many fucking points. good. It felt so fucking good hearing Pat celebrate goals with me for the boys in red. It wasn't for the boys in red. It was for the boys that wear pink and yellow, which is the color of my fantasy kids. Let it happen. Let it happen. <laughs> Just let it happen. Uh, with that being said... Yeah, I, I think – sorry to cut you off, Josh, but I think no, we can done. probably just hop right into the review here. Uh, yeah. I think the probably the biggest talking point of the weekend is you guys, man. Um, before you tuck into the Liverpool side of things, because I think, I think uh, the best people on this pod to talk about how brilliant, how admittedly brilliant Liverpool were in that game. Um, I have a couple things I want to – I kind of wanted to touch on uh, with this game too. I see in the notes, Josh, you have all out. And I think that's going to be my first uh, talking point as fucking crazy as this sounds. And I swear to God, I'm not saying it because I just want all to keep his job. So United never win a trophy. Just hear me out. I don't think it's the right move right now for United in the grand scheme of things. I think firing all right now puts them in a worse position than they are currently in. Yeah. I, I 100% agree, and I'm pulling something up on my phone because I don't have anything prepared because that's not how our podcast operates. Um, their next games, you have Tottenham, Atalanta in the Champions League, Man City, Watford, which should be easy, Villarreal, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace. That's how Man United's next month and a half looks. Um, so I totally agree with Pat that getting rid of Ole right now and then throwing a new manager into the deep end with Sharks uh, is not the way to go because then the same fans are going to be griping in a month and a half when they're uh, in fourth place in their Champions League group and in the bottom half of the Premier League table. More than just that, too, I think despite it being very clear that United need a new manager, I don't think there's anyone better than Ole 
available on the market right now, aside from Conte. I think if they could bring in Conte, like guarantee that he signs the contract the minute Ole gets sacked, it's a very different story. But I just don't think that sacking Ole mid-season with everything that's going on and, and the way to, it just it is it or the way football is going it, it just feels to me like you give all the the benefit not the benefit of the doubt because I think he should definitely be fired in the summer if I'm the man united board but you plan for the future you figure out the next guy you want to get not just the best available being Conte but just like the best manager that we can get come the summer when everyone's going to kind of start be thinking about next season and then you plan that way Honestly, I think that uh, United are just going to have to deal with a hole for the season. I don't think they're going to win any trophies. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, I need to take the final minutes of my time uh, speaking about this game to publicly apologize to Mitchell for thinking he was crazy that United were going to get steamrolled at home by Liverpool. Uh, Mitchell, this is the only time I'm ever going to say this to you in a public form. I was wrong. You were right. Congratulations. That feels Mitch so called fucking good. In Mitch's rant on Harry Maguire, I clipped that. Uh, perfect. Because uh, Harry Maguire was at fault for probably three out of the five goals. So hats off, uh, Mitchell. I don't fucking miss. I don't well, miss. Don't miss. Fiorentina, well. hey, 1-0. That's 1-0. We'll talk about that another time. I am riding high on this game. I've I've rewatched the highlights probably 15 times. I can't get enough of it. Um, Pat, I I wholeheartedly agree with everything you said. First hey, before you 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 keep going, uh, Fiorentina yeah. are in eighth right now. Continue. Yep, that's fine. Hey, they're right in it. I I believe they're in eighth, but they're four points out of the top six or top five. But it's not I top six. That's all I'm saying. I digress. We still got a lot of <laughs> soccer to play. Um, anyway, I'm going to start off by saying I think this was one of, if not the most complete Liverpool performances I've seen. Top to bottom, this was such an impeccable display of what our team does and how it operates. There wasn't even a, your best 11 either. It was not even our best 11. But that shows our depth. It shows the willingness of young players to step up and make an impact. Nabby, you know, we bitched about him a lot to start the season. I think that was warranted. But what he's displayed over the last, I'd say, three weeks has been nothing shy of, of top class. He's been an impeccable asset to our side in a time where, you know, we have some important players getting injured. Um, we're picking up nagging little injuries. Tiago finally back in training. Um, obviously full Harvey, hair. full head of hair, looking great. Um, Harvey Elliott, but like having Nabby kind of finally start finding that form, obviously um, scary moment, getting that two foot from hell from Pogba with his AirPod sized fucking shin pads. That was like a foot and a half. All right. It was, it was a foot and a half, but it was a whole ass foot. That was a whole ass foot. I mean, one of 
Pogba's feet equals about six of Nabi Keita's. So that's fair. Like, I'm just glad he's okay. Back in training as well today. Just a probably a nasty bruise, very sore. But Curtis Jones stepped up immensely. Obviously, Sala with the hat trick. Um, Josh, I'm rambling. What are your thoughts on this game? We haven't really gotten to uh, to talk about this yet. Yeah, no, we haven't. Uh, so uh, Liverpool is missing a man on each line of their team. So Kanate came in for Matip. Um, Fabinho was out. So you kind of had Milner and Henderson share in that sixth spot. And then Mane was out for Jota um, on the left wing. And like Mitch said, it was a perfect emulation of everything Liverpool is as a club and how Klopp operates them as a team with Firmino pressing all over the place. Firmino had undoubtedly one of the better performances on the pitch, just the way he was pulling those defenders out of places for Sala and Jota to run into. I mean, he, he was just immense. And you have Sala solidifying that argument for best player in the world right now with three goals that showed different parts of his game. You have um, the first one, just kind of his speed, just darting in front of Maguire and those United defenders to finish that one. The second one's a little bit of finesse with that near corner finish on De Gea. And then the third one's, uh, you know, a touch of dribbling. I know it was a heavy touch on the second one, but just the control he has. Uh, he scores a wide variety of goals and he's just the best in the world at the moment. Uh, I don't want to dwindle too much on how bad Man United was because they were awful. Because I don't want to take away from Liverpool's performance because it is truly one of the great ones that we're going to remember for a long time, especially being at Old Trafford. Uh, you have Ibu Kanate making, you know, a huge performance. And I thought he played really well. There's just so many good takeaways from this game. You almost get lost talking about it um, because every minute of that match, I enjoyed to the fullest, even when Ronaldo scored and the goal got taken aback. I mean, that was almost like scoring a goal in itself and the emotion that released. So from top to bottom, just a stunning result and a stunning 90 minutes as a football fan. Yeah, it was a, a really, really good performance from Liverpool. I do want to say that. Um, I do also think that this game genuinely shows the gulf in class between the top three, the big, the three that are going to legitimately be fighting for the title this year, being Liverpool, Chelsea, and City, and the rest of the pack. Uh, Chelsea played against this Liverpool side, a man down, defended extremely astutely, and managed to come away with a point. Uh City went toe-to-toe with this Liverpool side, fucking battled it out in what was currently the best game of what has been a a short season so far. Both teams came away from with super, super well-earned point. And then Man United were at sixes and sevens at the back. They had one of the most disorganized presses I had ever seen. Their midfield got cut through like Swiss cheese and you guys put five past them. So I I think if anything, this this game was a, a statement that, United are not in this title race and it really it's it's a three-team race right now um I'm, I'm curious to see how Chelsea do when we start hitting the the more congested winter fixtures and they start playing teams of note and on a similar note if AFCON happens I'm interested to see how Liverpool fare through that uh believe it or not I I feel like if AFCON happens and we hit this winter window with you guys having Salah and Mane not as readily available and Matip too. Uh, I, I think it feels like City's title to win uh, if they can come through the winter like they did last year. But it's a lot, a lot, a lot of variables. I'm just really excited for what this title race is going to bring. It, you know, Nabi as well, months. right? 
Navi too. Guinea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and just to touch on, you know, kind of, I want to do want to touch on man United before we hit on this topic. Cause just how many of those players performed so badly, especially Luke Shaw, nowhere to be found. McGuire and Lindelof shambles at the back pub, but Pogba comes on at halftime, gets sent off in 15 minutes. I mean, no discipline. Uh, and I'm starting to fear that I, I agree with your argument, Pat, that it might not be the time for all right now. Um, I'm but he should go. Crazy. He should go. I think he's lost the locker room or dressing room. Excuse me. Uh, I think that's what scares me a little bit with him and Man United is that you see Ronaldo on the field. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him doing the Ole was giving directions and pointing in you know different directions. And they did a side by side of Ronaldo and Ronaldo is basically mocking him on the other side. Uh, so that happened. Yeah, he was just doing oh. Americ Laporte's goal celebration, actually. <laughs> Uh, and Pogba just not having any discipline coming on. I mean, you're obviously getting instructions saying, you know, just keep this one tight, like nothing stupid. And to do that one, it just like, I just don't see Ole having much influence in that dressing room. And that's something that usually isn't tolerated at Man United. And these teams do make kind of brash decisions when it comes to their managers, especially in the last 10 years with clubs like Chelsea and Man United. So it wouldn't surprise me. And it's probably the right move, in my opinion, to move on. There is one manager you didn't say, Pat, that is available, and that is Zinedine Zidane. Uh, it's a long shot. Yeah, but all right. Ronaldo, so my thing with Zidane is United don't need another man manager. They need a tactician. It doesn't matter how much you can get out of these players because Ole was doing it for his first couple of years. He was getting the most out of his players despite – probably only being able to envision a 4-4-2 and a 4-3-3 in his head. Um, and they were still getting some big results here and there, and they looked all right. Zidane is really similar. When Zidane's back was to the wall in those three great years with Madrid, it was cross the ball from the left wing and pray Ronaldo scores. Yeah. There was no tactical adapting or adaptation I should say for his sides um a lot of the three years of the Champions Leagues that they won with him I felt were genuinely down to brilliant man management getting all those egos to come together for a common goal and 11 phenomenal individuals on the pitch that knew how to pick up for one another I don't think Zidane is the right man for this Man United team and I think I think that game showed it um, in, in terms of the the Ronaldo talk. I mean, there were times it like Ronaldo, every time he touched the ball, it just didn't feel like anything was going to come of it. There was no there was no like grouping. There was no coming together moment one time in that game. The the Pogba red card, um, I, I, like obviously Ronaldo. Ronaldo's goal gets called back on VAR. It was a close one, but obvious offsides. But like it, it still didn't feel like it took any any wind out of our sails. There was no pressure, and that tactical side needs to be able to work around possibly in a, a, a declining Ronaldo. Like obviously he's reached his peak, his pinnacle. He, he's aging. That's it happens 
Messi's doing the same thing, but he's pl- he's keeping up. But Ronaldo isn't going to be that individual player forever. He needs pieces around him that are going to be able to help him produce. And right now there isn't any any buildup together. It's, it's lost individual. his cool on that uh, play with Curtis Jones too, and then Robbo gave it to him. Love to see that. Robbo, Van Dyke, and Trent all came, and then Curtis got right up in his face. I mm-hmm. love to see that. Even handled Fred. Fred off the pitch. One hand, just let me move you over here. Like, I don't know. I I I would have loved to have Cam come on and talk about, you know, his point of view from the United side. Cause I think he, he does make some good points. We, we were able to talk about it a little bit. I just think there's a lot that needs to change, but it can't change overnight right now. It's kind of like you're, you're between a rock and a hard place if you're United. I just and don't think it makes, it makes sense to change makes, much right no, now. It, Cause it nothing's, nothing's going to change. Right. It's, it's, it's not the time or place. And, and I, it's going to be a, it's going to be a frustrating year. I think for, for yeah, fans. you know, luckily I'm on the blue side of Manchester. So uh, all I have to be upset about, about is we're not going to five Pete in the Carabao. Yeah, well, 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 well. Uh, speaking of clubs that are pretty much dumpster fires, let's talk about Barcelona real quick. Uh, Ronald Coleman. We mentioned him last week. I called him a mean name and had to edit it out of the podcast. Uh, and he gets sacked the next week. Um, what do you guys think of Coleman getting sacked and who could be the next Barca manager? Um, here's my hot take. They should not hire Chevy. Oh, I don't no. either. It's a no. player pop. I, I don't, I think it's very, very rare that club legends work out as managers. And then when the fans turn on them, it is the most disgusting and depressing fallout among both the club and with someone who, like should only be adored for what he did on the pitch for them. I think until Xavi gets years under his belt and proves that he can do it elsewhere, he should stay as far away from Barcelona as possible. That being said, he will be their next manager. Yeah. They need someone they can control. And, you know, usually former players are of that nature. And, you know, that's the sad part is that the the Barcelona kind of uh, governance or, the people who run the team are bigger than the club legends and they have a lot of say with how that club is run. Um, and Zavi is, a, you know, a manager that doesn't really have a whole lot of experience. Um, he's managing what? All and he's, right managing, he's in Qatar right now. Yeah. He's, he's won a lot of trophies with them though. He has them playing really, really good football and he's winning games with them. I, it, yeah. it, 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 you can draw some parallels between, I guess his appointment now in comparison to Pep's appointment when his only coaching experience prior to the Barca first team was the Barca third team, um, really different scenarios. And obviously like we're, we're, it's tough to say like, Oh yeah, Shabby can be the next Pep, but we'll have to see. Uh, Cause I, I believe he's going to be their next manager as much as I think it's a risky maneuver for them to do. Um, I do also think though, that if it comes down to it and it's the, the fans either turning on the board or turning on Shavi, they're going to put pressure on the board before they turn on Shavi and try to get him sacked just because of everything that he did. I, I mean, he's arguably the greatest midfielder of the past of our generation. He's, he's in that conversation for sure. 
and he was an incredible servant to the club. He's a legend among Barcelona fans. Um, so I think it's a smart appointment. Like you said, Josh, he's someone who's going to go along with the board and he's, he's going to do what they say. Um, but I think it's also safe for uh, safer for him to take this job, knowing that at the end of the day, he has the fans loyalty and love before the board. Unlike Komen, who, you know, he was a former Barca player, but the fans fucking hated him. Like, almost immediately after he he came in just because of the way that he played like i follow enough barcelona twitter to know that he he was pretty universally disliked from day one just as a coach he's not a good coach shame on barcelona for hiring him and thinking that a guy who got sacked at everton was going to work out (laughs) shame on him for saying barcelona has a future because of me it feels like a double-edged sword if you ask me but he was asking for this 100 percent i yeah i, I don't have talking barcelona they're talking a fucking dumpster barcelona. fire and i wish aguero didn't play there <laughs> come so home, come on the subject of world world football here balloon to or tomorrow uh there was an apparent list leaked with the top 26 people um lewandowski was at the top of that list inferring that he is going to win tomorrow see i, I saw a different that. list though I saw okay. a list with Messi at the top. So who's actually winning the Ballon d'Or? So let's let's ignore the the Messi Lewandowski talk and let's just go around and each pick who who would win in our minds, noting that there wasn't one last year. Lewandowski, Lewandowski. in my opinion, I, I think if you look at a two year stretch, which, which I I don't know, even if you look at last year, I think it's Lewandowski uh, barely. I think two over the two-year stretch, you look at the year where there wasn't a Ballon d'Or and then you take that into account for this next one, it should be Lewandowski. If you're looking at just this year, maybe Messi edges it because he finally won the Copa America. He had a pretty good club season with Barcelona. He even managed to win them uh, Copa del Rey, I believe, right? He won the Copa del Rey with them last year. So won a club trophy, won the biggest international trophy possible for him outside of the World Cup, you know, because the World Cup wasn't happening. It was the Copa America instead player of the tournament in Copa America. Um, you know, I said Lewandowski, but no, Messi. Messi should win the Ballon d'Or this year. Messi is my vote. Unsurprisingly, I think, right? I think Messi over the last year, year and a half, checked a lot of boxes that were, I, I think, hindering him personally. I think he was able to, to kind of, like obviously he's already done so much achieved so much so to be able to finally be able to to do a little bit more push his country further i think that speaks volumes to who who they would pick as as the winner of the ballon d'or um but i i do think Lewandowski uh puts in a very good case to to win it himself I want to, I, I do want to say that I think both of them are very, very deserving of the Ballon d'Or. I, I think whoever wins it, it's well, it's well deserved, but it should be one of those two. Yeah. My vote is messy as well. Uh, it, the Balloon d'Or is not my favorite voting system, or uh, I don't really love the criteria that they use to pick the winner. Never have. And I don't think many people do. Um, you know, it's a lot based on the trophies you win and, yeah, like you said, Messi won the Copa America, which is that was a big um, check mark for him to hit, and you got to kind of praise it, especially with the Argentina team he won it with. Yeah, some dog players. shit Argentina side. Um, yeah, so you do got to give him credit there. Uh, Lewandowski is obviously a fantastic player as well. 
Um, I, th- I think next year is going to be Salah's year. You know, he's not quite there yet because the Liverpool's trophies weren't there um, the past year. So that's why I'm not going to say him. Uh, aside from that, I hope, you know, anyone but that rat, Jorginho, wins it. Yeah, man, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, uh, don't be surprised to see him on the podium. I hate I it, man. He's, he's going to be third. I, I, it's bullshit. I think it's it's upsetting. You know what I mean? Like, it's a joke. Whatever. We, we got people that like Chelsea to listen to this podcast, but, like, I don't give a fuck. He should be nowhere near that Ballon d'Or podium, man. He, he, like, he's a perfectly fine holding midfielder. He's all right, but, like – what was he doing before Tuchel came in and started playing terrorist ball with Chelsea to make all of his defensive players look like they should all win the fucking Ballon d'Or? Like, I could go, I I could rant forever about about this, but if Jorginho wins the Ballon d'Or, it feels like when Modric won the Ballon d'Or to me. It's a pity Ballon d'Or just to break up the cycle. He does not deserve it. I don't care. End of story. Yeah, I mean, he's a B-tech. I think he's bad. All right. (laughs) Let's move on. We don't have to. I don't don't feel like arguing. And that's Josh's hot take for the month. (laughs) That is a hot hot take for Josh. (laughs) B-tech Hendo. Somebody put a He's Hendo with with about the same level of jawline handsomeness. With a lot more dye in his hair. Yeah, he's Hendo with fucking bleach tips. All right. Uh, we got a couple of previews to run through. Josh is going to give his uh, betting picks really quick. Like, you know, we, we've kind of started doing here. Um, we don't we don't need to review any other games, do we, before we, we jump? There's not really much to talk about. Norwich fucking suck. Arsenal beat Villa like I said they would. Chelsea beat, Lester beat Brentford. Norwich. Have yeah, Norwich sacked their manager yet? No, they they haven't, which is wow, really, really surprising to me. I, I who, who are they going to bring in? You're going to have fucking Timu Puki player manage? Like, who the fuck's going to coach I'd the do team? It. Do, do you guys see who's in the, the top three of the championship right now, too? Is, is Fulham about to come back? Fulham, Bournemouth, West Brom. Holy it's fuck, God. dude. They're dude, back. It's man. Norwich is going to go down, and next year they're going to score like 100 points and have like the best championship year ever. Pookie's going to score 40 goals at 36 really? years old, and they're going to be not right back. They're crowd. staying up because I will be wrong, which I'm openly admitting that that was me trying to make a hot take pan out at the start of the year, and it didn't. Norwich fucking suck. And Palace are staying up. You are wrong. Fuck on that yeah, story. they are. Pal- uh, did I have Pal- No, I had Southampton. It was I had so, Southampton. Southampton are staying up too. No, they're getting relegated. Fuck Burnley's them. going down. Burnley, uh, thank fucking god. Anyway, let's talk about this upcoming weekend. Uh, yes, we got sir. five games real quick in the Premier League to run through, and then I can't count bullet points in the around the world segment. I think that's seven, but Six. I went to public school. Six. You had 11 games to go through. Actually, the Premier League, it's a pretty good weekend here. We got Leicester Arsenal kicking off on Saturday morning. I like the Leicester money line here. I think Arsenal just don't have the defense to, to mark Jamie Vardy. And Leicester have, you know, depth and goal scorers as well. So I disagree with you, big man. I think really Arsenal? I think Arsenal are taking this game. I think oh. they're in great form, man. I think Away they have the confidence after next week. They, they, yeah, I, I, I'm picking Arsenal this weekend. I'm, 
I'm going 2-1 Arsenal. Dick. I'm following Pat to a T on this one. Ooh. I uh I think I think Arsenal's back line has been um been playing a lot better since Tomiyasu's come into the side. I think they will have the tools at bay to hold them off. And uh, I, I think Arsenal come away to one as well. Who does Salabia come in for into this Arsenal back four after he comes back? You slot him in for Ben White or do you go to a back five? Who's the other one, Gabriel? Uh, it's Ben White, Tomiyasu, right? He's a center back or is he a right back? I think he's kind am of I, a... Am I an idiot? I think he fluctuates where he plays. I'd put Tommy Asu out on the right and put him in in center back for Gabriel. Play All right, there we go. There's Saliba. Rick's picks and Rick the tactician. Yes. Correct. All right, moving on. We got Liverpool Brighton. I'm not going to go against you on this one. Liverpool are going to fucking murder Brighton. Yeah, Graham Potter's a class manager, but Liverpool's going to win this one big, aren't are, they? Are we having yeah. three straight five nails? No. I'm actually, you might, we pumped them. So you might pump them. I think we're going three straight five nils boys. And, and to have Tiago back in the side, I think is going to be, uh, be immense. I, yeah, dude, his thumbs up are really invaluable. Hey, Klopp can hug him and throw him into the air. Like a little, little doll. I love it. It's great. Adam Alana returning to Liverpool. Oh yeah. And we're back Um, at home. Five yeah. nil all the way. Yeah, you're gonna kill them. You're gonna kill yeah, so them. Yes, I've I've Liverpool minus one and a half. So basically, they got to win by two or more minus one forty. So that's uh, Liverpool are quite favored to win by more than one goal here. Uh, but yeah, that's the pick. Next one: Crystal Palace versus Man City. Uh, I have over three point five total goals on this one, mainly because I think Man City are gonna score a shit ton. But also, Palace just have a goal in them this year. Benteke is on form. Scored two headed goals on the weekend against uh, Newcastle. Got one taken back, but just looks always ready to score. And you still have Zaha and uh, a few other players as well that are pretty class. So I don't I, think I, we're scoring. I don't think we're scoring a shit ton. No. Nah, two one City. Okay, wow. I, I think City are going to win, but I think it's going to be narrow. Uh, you know, yeah. I might even go two nil uh, with Ruben Diaz in the back. I don't know if we're going to concede, but I don't think we're going to score three and I don't see palace scoring on us if we play our strongest back four either. So I'm saying two nil city. Interesting. Uh, next one, this is a big one just cause of, you know, we know Ole is on a short leash um, or thin ice in terms of how many chances he has left. They're going up against Tottenham um, this weekend at Tottenham's new stadium. I actually have the underdogs here. I'm going Tottenham money line plus plus one they They're kind of due for a win. Uh, I don't they think kind of turn up. They turn up well at home. Uh, I don't think Tottenham thing. are the underdogs in this one. No, they may be the underdogs on paper, but fuck yeah. no, dude. I think United are a mess. I, uh, I, think, I think I think uh, Tottenham should be favored. I think the fans are going to play a big part in this game, man. Tottenham's home support is really good, and you've got a full fucking stadium singing mocking songs about old. All 90 minutes, bro. Tottenham get one early goal and they and United fall apart. Na 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 na. Viva Ronaldo too. That one's going around. They're gonna fall apart. I'm I I think the Tottenham money line is a safe bet this game, and I think I think it's Tottenham over United easy. 
yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, one well, plus one ninety five, ridiculous odds too. I think I think that's probably the highlight match of the weekend. I think all eyes are going to be on United um, moving forward. I really yeah. do. And last game to highlight here, Aston Villa, West Ham. This is a pretty good matchup, but Aston Villa just haven't been what we thought they would be at the start of the season. Uh, and it's more just we're kind of uh, – I said they were going to stink. I said yes, they were going to stink. You did. you did. We're kind of repeating this week in, week out that West Ham is, like, good. And it, it just is like a, it's expected almost, you know, that they're going to put in a, a good shift every single week. And – I watched them uh, last weekend. Was it against Tottenham? Yep. They won over Tottenham. Yeah, another solid performance, and they just they look hard to beat right now. Uh, so I don't think there's a shadow of a doubt that they win on Sunday. I have their money line plus one fifty-five. I'd like to see the claret and blue take home the energy drink cup this year. So I too will be rooting for West Ham in this game <laughs> against Aston Villa. Uh, West Ham are good. Anybody out there that's listening as a relative neutral that doesn't really have a Premier League club, look into West Ham. They're a good side. They have cool players, and they blow bubbles. <laughs> yeah, and they have a sick hooligan group. Intercity the Hammers. Fans. We'll talk and about they're them. literally called the Hammers. That's fucking sick. And Mia Khalifa supports them as well. And you're horny. And, that, and that's talking porn up. <laughs> uh we're gonna go around the world next just to, uh you know breeze through six games here psg Lille uh tomorrow actually in lagoon so if you're listening to this this game is just later today for you i have this one under 2.5 goals plus 145 odds uh we'll have a pretty good defense um psg haven't really been scoring kind of like what we thought they uh they started the season be. super hot and yeah they drew with Marseille last weekend in a nil-nil. Uh, Marseille had a goal called back, if I remember correctly. So, they, the PSG look like uh, it, they're, like, driving a stick shift and they kind of fucked up somewhere. So, they're sputtering a little bit for, you know, yeah. it's a, a really shitty car metaphor. But I'm not super <laughs> convinced by him. Hey, thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate you. So, we'll head over to Spain next. We got Atleti and uh, Real Batiste. So I have this one. I have a kind of an interesting pick on this. It's uh, Atletico to win by one. So that's an exact pick for them to win by one plus 175 odds. It's because I do think they'll win. Uh, they, I think they had a draw to Levante um, earlier this week or last weekend. I think they're going to get back on form. But uh, a lot of the Atletico score lines, even when they do win, it's by a very narrow margin every time. So uh, mm-hmm. kind of going by a late winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, staying in Spain, Sevilla, Osasuna. I have this one under 2.5 total goals, which is an easy pick in La Liga. A lot of these games, pretty narrow score lines, and that's minus 140. So, this one's definitely a, a very favored pick. Um, pretty straightforward. Um, we'll go to Germany. So, Frankfurt versus Leipzig. I have this one another prop bet. Um, Christopher and Kunko to score, and that's at plus 230. He's been brilliant this year for Leipzig. 14 goal contributions already this season. Um, and then we have two games in Italy to finish out the pod here. Atalanta and Lazio. I have the Atalanta money line, minus 105. They're the favorites in this one. And the Roma-Milan game, AC Milan, obviously. Um, I have the AC Milan money line at plus 205. 
Roma is somehow the favorites in this match. They just haven't been that good lately. They had a good start to the year, but not much since then. And AC Milan, our first place in Serie A and looking fantastic. I mean, Moo has just been having a weird season. Started off incredibly hot. Now they're getting slammed with cards. Bunch of inconsistency. So, I mean, AC Milan haven't looked hot either. So it was, I, I think I like the, the money line here for Milan to kind of bounce back, take advantage of a, a weird situation over in Roma. The visual of Mourinho trying to coach that game after he got tossed uh, hiding behind the boards was a hilarious picture. Is, is he going to set the record for most times sent off as a manager in a season Probably. this year? <laughs> Probably. I, I think this is like three or four. Yeah, it's up there, and I in Italy too. He's just gonna he's gonna be a hothead over there. Uh, and I guess to, to round out the pod here, we kind of have a short episode this week. I think Mitch has a top lad, and I have a hair dryer. So, Mitch, do you want to go first? Ooh, yeah, my top lad. Uh, I think just with everything over the past week, Premier League and the Soda Cup, has to be Curtis Jones. Um, I think he stepped up in a tremendous way. Uh, against United, taking the absolute piss out of Ronaldo, uh, getting kicked while he's down, and and just having people jump to his aid, but he didn't need it. He jumped right back in Ronaldo's face. was huge. Love to see that out of a young player. Uh, like I don't care who you are. This is uh, like this is my team. I'm I'm here to be respected. Um, and then I think he was just sublime. Uh, in a in a otherwise boring game, um, being able to control the midfield for us um, in in our game against Preston, um, it was just great to to see him perform at that level uh, consistently throughout the week. I agree, he's a baller, man. He's going to be a bright player in Liverpool's future. Um, my hair dryer of the week is David Beckham. For accepting what was it a hundred million dollars to be like the face of the 20 um 22 world cup in qatar and he's also doing like a long-term partnership with um the emirate uh to be like the face of it pretty much which is insane uh i get he is a huge brand or whatever but just all of the inhumane shit that qatar has done in the past few years surrounding the world cup and everything uh to go on and do that's just the most sauce questionable thing to do. Uh, and anyone who is an inter Miami fan should just be ashamed that their owner is willing to do something that gross. Money Yo, talks. and David Beckham is dummy overrated. Listen, if he didn't yeah. score that free kick against Greece or have a hot wife and a good jawline, no one would fucking remember him. Yep. I mean, David Beckham is the English Tom Brady. Yeah, but Spot Tom Brady at least won a bunch of shit and, like, he is also considered has a, the greatest also, player of all time in his sport. David Beckham also, has been like Beckham, and he, his whole country fucking hated him until he scored that free kick versus Greece. Tom Brady has a great jawline, and his wife's the breadwinner, too. Like, relax. Yeah, but people relax. actually, like, think Tom Brady is Dude, it was a one joke. of the greatest players in his sport. no. It was no, calm we're not down. Tom Brady to David Beckham. Calm, it Fuck. was minor similarities. Jesus. 
Sorry, I'm tight. I just think David Beckham is fucking overrated. You guys have finally given me the chance to say it on the podcast. I mean, he probably is stopping you. My hair dryer is Paul Scholes because he licks his daughter's toes. (laughs) (laughs) Just out for a munch about. That was fucking weird. Yeah, it was mad uncomfortable. I'm not going to judge what you do in your own home with your own family because, like, I don't know, man. Tom Brady kisses his kids on the lips, not to bring it back to him immediately. But <laughs> I don't know, man. Either. Shit just happens. But, like, that's just <laughs> odd, bro. That, like, kissing your kids on the lips and sucking their toes are both fucking weird. What it if was she... also weird that that was just a public video that she posted on her She story. posted herself. She did it herself. It wasn't even a leak. If, like if weird. I was if it's I was her odd. and I had a video of like my dad sucking my toes, I would not put it on Instagram. Like, please don't do that. Just keep that. Please, please keep no. It in the vault, I guess. I just don't want that out. In a like mouth. maybe maybe she really needed her nails trimmed. You don't know. You don't know the backstory, dude. In England, there's like a banter vibe too. So she didn't like just post that, not knowing that there would be insane amounts of backlash and like. Oh my god. Yeah, you think she posted she an Instagram story too. knowing that her fucking husband was going to become a meme because he sucks his daughter's feet? He probably, uh, like, took away her Porsche or something of that nature. He's just, that's just odd. That's weird. That's nonce behavior. Yep. Anywho, <laughs> all right. Well, there's me being a I, fucking idiot. I um, think we can categorize that under the anything tab. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> I think that's the pod this week, boys. It was it was a hot one in here. Uh, we got opinions, we had some fun. Opinions flying around, laughs to be had. Um, we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll we'll have the balloon to or up. We'll have uh, I think some Champions League fixtures to talk about. It'll be a busy yeah. Week. Good good weekend. Hopefully there's some shock results. So I, can, I hopefully you guys lose. So I can come on here and be a dick for forty minutes. Shut the fuck up. That's when it's gonna get tense. When one of the when one of our teams starts losing, it's gonna get contentious. Oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get mad. Yo, imagine <laughs> if we had this podcast during the fucking eighteen nineteen season when oh my and were neck and neck for like fucking eighteen games. Oh my god, you guys, I would have done the fucking last, I would have done the season-ending episode by myself. I would have been fucking unbearable. You guys would have wanted to talk to me. Hey guys, it's Pat. Mitch and Josh couldn't be here. I'm hammered. What's going on? What's crack I'm recording this podcast on Sunday afternoon, 25 minutes after City lifted the trophy. I'm shit-faced. Let's talk nothing about Man City for an hour. Goes on the Instagram live, pissed drunk at 1 a.m. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it right now. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> okay, it, guys. We'll do it live. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in so, so much. Uh, I appreciate you guys who made it this far in the podcast. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, share it with a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the notification bell so you always get notified whenever we're posting these videos here. Um, again, Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Uh, we're only 11 episodes deep, but it, it's just been a really good experience being able to do this. So long may it continue. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. Peace. Peace.